to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today, I'm so excited for my guests. We've got like a list of things to chat about. We were chatting, we're saying it's going to be a meaty one, you know, so mm-hmm. so get ready, whatever that means to you. <laughs> get out a meat sandwich, get out... <laughs> Don't, don't get out of meat sandwich. <laughs> get out a vegan sandwich, I feel like, is more appropriate for this guest. Get out a plant-based sandwich. And please, everybody, welcome to the mic. Okay, get this. Somatic sex educator, sexologic body worker, and just an erotic nerd like me, everybody. Please welcome to the mic, Noah Clusa. Hi, Noah. Hi. Hi, it's great to be here on the mic. Oh my yeah. god. I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited just to talk to you because I love you, but also we got some really cool stuff to to talk about today. And I'm so jazzed. And also I want to backpedal and say yes to the meat sandwiches all day long. Meat sandwiches, <laughs> meat salads, meat wraps, just meat snacks. You know, yep. you don't need to put other stuff with your meat. Like meat meaty is its own its own party. Are you just cutting up a kielbasa and just Oh, I wish I was cutting up a kielbasa. I do have some pepperoni sticks in the fridge. I may have to go grab one and perhaps start enjoying that lovely phallic meat experience while I'm here on the call with you. Yeah, I didn't want to leave out our plant-based friends by all means, but okay, good to to know that you've got the pepperoni sticks on hand just in case. I got the pepperoni sticks. Just in case. And, And I really celebrate all that planty goodness because, yes, there's uh, nothing, there's nothing quite as, like, luscious and, I don't know, like, sexy as, like, some really ripe, juicy, like, tomato during harvest season, right? Oh, my like, God. Why did that seem just very sexy? Just <laughs> the way you said, like, you were amping oh. up into tomato. I was like, oh, what tomato. are you yeah. getting at? Yeah. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, well, and what else? Like, a pear? Like, I like God, like, that juicy, sweet experience of, like, biting into a perfectly almost overripe pear, but not quite oh, yeah. overripe yet. I had but, that like, experience oh. recently. Um, my mom, uh, growing up, uh, she likes rock-hard pears. Like, she likes <laughs> oh, really so underripe sorry. pears. Yeah. I'm so so sorry. I've never really loved pears, because uh, yeah. that's how she bought them, and that's how we ate them growing up. And then, like, Anytime I do get my hands on a pear that's like actually ripe or slightly overripe, as you mentioned, like I'm just dying. I'm like, why did I wait so long to like eat this? <laughs> Probably how it should be, you know. I, I really love this because, yeah, I like first of all, I really want to like mourn the, 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 the deprivation. 
because it sounds like a really horrible childhood. I'm so sorry. Just on the tear front. Oh my god! And I believe she likes peaches that way. I think any of the like fruits that you need to bite into, she wants a like, (laughs) like right off the vine. Like, don't let it. No, don't let it get any color. Just, just grab it and get your teeth into it and break one potentially. (laughs) I have so many questions right now, actually, about the larger character of your mom and like. Where oh. is the joy in eating the like the, the rock of a peach? Like, where's the sexiness in that? Like, where's the? I know. Yeah, uh... I guess it's a texture thing for her, right? Oh, She's yeah, got maybe. it's the crunch, yeah. maybe. I, I'm gonna venture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that. That feels like a fair venture, and that like the control, perhaps mm. like the crunch and the control of like I'm going to eat this when I want to eat it, which is right away, as opposed to. Um, letting a pear or a peach really kind of come into itself and oh like my that god full that's, body. that is a read that is interesting yeah. <laughs> and i want to i i don't want it to be messy you know i want to control the mm, fact yeah. that i'm not like having juices spray everywhere um yeah, ruining down my yeah, chin and yeah whatever all over my shirt or oh, in all these that's yeah interesting <laughs> I don't know. I don't know your mom. Like, we may have thought way too deeply into that. <laughs> yes, but we may have. I love it. Love it yeah. all the same. Okay, but yeah. we are here to talk about, okay, so many fun things. Um, basically, I like just went through your Instagram feed and like, you know, I, before I interview somebody, especially if they're like an educator that like talks on topics, I'm like, okay, mm. let's let's just look through and see some of the things Um that like you know that I that I could prompt you for or things that stand mm-hmm. out out to me or like interesting for us to talk about. So I I've got a whole list here, um, and maybe okay before we even get into this, I feel like some of the listeners not may not totally understand um, the the intro uh, that we gave you like mm-hmm. uh, somatic edu- uh, somatic sex educator sexologic body worker mm-hmm. um, maybe do you want to just do you have a little bit of a summary talking about what that exactly means mm-hmm. yeah I'd be happy to speak a little bit of that about that so yeah so the way that I understand somatic sex education and sexologic body work is that it's an opportunity as a, as a facilitator to support folks in understanding, healing, and enlivening the erotic soul. Yeah. Um, and so within that, there's a, some pieces that we might explore that's around perhaps context building and history understanding and um, like learning also about like anatomy and learning about um, the, all the water that we swim in around the erotic. Um, whether that is um, systemic, whether that is personal, whether that is historical, whether that's informed by our ancestry and our lineages, um, as well as then having the opportunity to lean into exploration work and perhaps exploration work for the sake of its own joy, like pleasure Mm -hmm. is healing. We don't have to have a reason to like explore pleasure. Um, Or we might lean into that work Oh, sorry. What was that, Erin? I just said, oh, I love that. That's the way I look at kink. I'm like, people go into like booking me, for instance, for like so many different reasons. And I'm not trying to like trivialize people that are just coming in just for pleasure, for fun to do this hot, sexy thing. Like that's just as valid and as healing as other types of sessions, like deeper kind of uh, intentions behind sessions. Like, so I I really love that you said that. Yeah. Yes, 100%. And that is exactly, I feel exactly the same in the work that I do. That sometimes folks show up at my door because they're seeking a pleasure cruise. 
and I'm all about a pleasure cruise. Like, <laughs> sign me up for a pleasure beep, beep. cruise. Yeah, 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 Two-two. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Perhaps with some like really juicy pears and peaches in the middle of my pleasure cruise. <laughs> That's the lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lunch break. Time out. I need a snack, and then more pleasure, please. <laughs> well, extra extra types of pleasure, right? Like it's all pleasurable. Totally. Um, and then sometimes folks are showing up at my door because of this curiosity of like learning about and and healing and yes also like reaching towards greater and greater pleasure from this perspective of perhaps addressing um, traumatic histories perhaps because of understanding some of the social shapes that we find ourselves in right like we we oftentimes get like programmed and trained into certain shapes because of who we might be and how we might move through the world and how other people treat us and that is like so contextually understandable and we can sometimes make choices we can oftentimes make choices to like reach for more and reach for beyond the shapes that we've been trained into um and so sometimes that's the work that i'm doing is folks showing up at my door because of that inquiry and from a pleasure-based perspective so very much whether that's um education using talk okay around pleasure um or if that's education using coaching and um and um, like offering practices and offering like an arc of learning. And sometimes also it might be education using um, body work. And so specifically hands on body work. And if any body work happens with a client, it's always body work that is client led and is for their own learning goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, if, if they don't want it, it doesn't happen would be the way that I would contextualize that. Okay. Um, but oh always very much like pleasure, pleasure centered, consent informed, client led and anti-oppressive. Amazing. Oh my God. There's so much there already. I, did I say meaty? I think I said meaty <laughs> because like, I love all of this. Um, yeah. I love this phrase you use the waters we swim in. Yeah. Um, that, that that's just such a, a um, strong visual. Um, mm. And I love the meaning of like coming into sex education um, and like a pursuit of pleasure uh, via understanding that are there are so many different um things that would influence like the context as you said right like because i get that question a lot of like okay what does a session look like with you like talking to me as a dominatrix Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my god well i i that's tough to answer because Mm -hmm. you know depending on who you are and where you've come from and your experience and you know what you're looking to experience in the session and goals perhaps Mm -hmm. and intentions like oh my god it it could look very they usually do look very very different because it's so personal and so uh you know uniquely curated uh and and client-led as you said right so it's like okay well i can tell you some of the things we can do (laughs) other than that I'm kind of I'm usually kind of at a loss for words you know what I mean like um you get here we have a negotiation conversation we do a little scene and then we do a little aftercare and then I send you on your merry little way (laughs) but like other than that yeah I I'm just like this conversation like like sex and kink and all of this type of play and like pleasure and stuff like that um it's so informed by so, so very many different things. So I just really, that, that really, uh, uh, I, I understand that. And I really, that hits with me. I'm like, yes, Mm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love what you've added to this conversation and this piece around at the end of the day. Um, oftentimes the magic happens through co-creation, right? That like, 
yeah, sometimes we might have a few um, tools in our toolbox and might like are often likely to show up in a session. However, at the end of the day, it is very much about, like what is like what is the you-ness of you and what is the me-ness of me, and then what do we do together to support the goals of the session, right? So whether it's a pleasure cruise kind of goal or whether it's a, like a healing or like a trauma exploration or um, embodying greater pleasure in life beyond session, like that, that it is very much a thing where we, um, we show up as we are with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to come across our first topic and I feel like this is a mm-hmm. massive topic. So let's feel free to, you know, converse about that as long as we want to, or as deep as okay. we want to get. But I feel like, this um talking about like the core of like the work you do i feel like this topic might circle around it it's pleasure and the nervous system mm-hmm. i feel like this is like massive and am i wrong in saying that it's like at the core of what you do yes. yeah it is at the core of what i do pleasure in the nervous system certainly is at the core of what i do to the point where like how would you like us to look at this topic? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this yeah. is such a big one. Yeah. What I, I feel like um, maybe where we can start is talking about talking about our nervous systems, perhaps, mm-hmm. and how we might be better able to access pleasure when we really do that work on our nervous system um, and understand our nervous systems. Is that a place? Is that anything? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We might, we might have a word or two to say about this. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. So this piece that you're saying around, okay, when we're looking at the nervous system and how we might be better able to access pleasure as we work with our nervous system. Yeah. um, There's just so much that we can explore here. Cool. Um, Oftentimes, and I'm going to speak about this in a, a way where, especially if we're speaking about, say, the effects of traumatic stress, and I want to like offer a caveat that like, oftentimes many of us are experiencing um, perhaps unresolved traumatic stress in our bodies, and there's nothing like shame-based about that. It's just the fact of the, that we live in like, you know, a pretty traumatized society, um, and especially depending on how our bodies exist in that society, we have varying levels of systemic trauma that is like consistently ongoing. Um, as well as whatever our personal histories were, as well as our ancestral histories, right? Like there's just a lot that we're carrying and this is one of the truths that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially if our nervous system is oftentimes in a bit of an activated state. And so when I say that, I mean perhaps we have an instinct towards anxiety, we have an instinct towards fighting, we have an instinct towards um, rushing really fast, um, dissociating, or perhaps the like a, a deactivated state of um, feeling pretty flat feeling pretty depressive, feeling pretty numbed out. Um, So like one of the realities of existing in this kind of state is the fact that sometimes it can actually be quite challenging to connect to feelings of pleasure. I'm not saying impossible. Like pleasure always tends to find a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like we find our ways. I know, I know. Like thank goodness, right? Um, Pleasure finds a way and we find our own paths to pleasure wherever we are with our relationship with our nervous systems, right? Mm -hmm. And it only has to make sense to us. It doesn't have to make sense to other people, right? Like what I find pleasurable and what you find pleasurable or what the person down the street finds pleasurable. These are all really unique experiences of our particular humanness. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we tend to find that we are in these like, you know, reactive or um, collapsed states, then 
um, feeling whole-bodied and um, grounded experiences of pleasure can sometimes be quite challenging. And so as we work with our nervous systems and as we learn to like ground our bodies, to center ourselves, to, you know, slow down if we tend to go a little too fast or like um, enliven our bodies if we find that we're a little flat, then we might be able to find greater access to pleasure. And that's part of the work that I do with clients is supporting them in um, their own process with their nervous systems, like learning a bit about the nervous system, learning a bit about um, hyperarousal, hypoarousal, uh, what the window of capacity is, um, what, um, what tools might support them specifically in coming into relationship more deeply with their nervous systems. And then from there also exploring the concept of pleasure. And another way that oftentimes we work is by using pleasure specifically as that tool. Oftentimes in a lot of trauma work, it's like pretty, um, like everything, it doesn't tend to include the sexual body and the erotic body, right? Mm -hmm. And so we oftentimes might find ourselves specifically using eroticism as a way of regulating and coming into deeper connection with the nervous system. And from there, then already having these blissful tools to explore pleasure more deeply. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's yeah, I, I feel like that's a concept. Um, you know, the everything you just talked about, I feel like this idea of how the nervous system uh, is linked to uh, how we can access pleasure. I feel like that's some, yeah. something a lot of people are just not uh, even clocking, you know, yeah, they're, they're seeing 100%. like how they're blocked perhaps. Um, and thinking that, I, I mean, I think people often think that there's something wrong with their bodies, you know, mm-hmm. um, or that there's something, you know, wrong with them, you know, um, mm-hmm whether because of something that's happened to to them in their lives that they're identifying you know a link between or like you said it's this broader um this broader thing of just existing in this like pretty Mm. traumatic world like on Mm -hmm. a consistent basis when you're like Mm -hmm. looking through your twitter feed and when you're Mm -hmm. you know um also depending on lots of different factors like your ancestry and where you've come from Mm -hmm. and where you live in the world and all this stuff Mm -hmm. um religion like like literally everything mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the um way we walk around in the world it's like i feel like i feel like that's not something that's just like widely known that like how uh all of that stuff can be affecting how we how we exist in the bedroom how we yes. relate to other people in a sexual or sensual or, or erotic way so Yes. I, th- I think that is a good place to start to just be like, hey, <laughs> you know, it, this may be a contributing factor, you know, and if yes. you yeah do some work on your nervous system, then this would probably enhance a lot of uh, pleasure in your life, not even yeah. just in the bedroom, probably. Yes. Well, and that's a, a really that's a really great point you made right at the end there is like when we're when we're exploring pleasure work mm-hmm. and when we're exploring nervous system work, it is it's really whole life based because. Certainly, oftentimes I might be speaking with folks around sex, right, orgasms and um, genitals and all these juicy, sexy kinds of things. But, you know, even our conversation around pears and peaches or, you know, (laughs) a great meat sandwich, like that's like that's also part of our erotic lives, right? Like that's also part of pleasure. And that is also a way in which oftentimes I'm working with folks is just really learning to attune to pleasure moment to moment as a way of supporting, um, reconnecting 
their own somatic experience with pleasure, as well as like, you know, resourcing the nervous system that like, you know, if, if there is that opportunity to perhaps um, smell a plant as you're walking down the street or feel the sun on your face, like that's also like, that's nervous system work, even in that micro moment, right? These don't always have to be these really big grand projects. They, they can be about orienting to pleasure and like attuning to your own bodily um, right to experience joy and pleasure moment to moment. And that, that, that also offers resourcing to the nervous system because as we activate the, all those feel good chemicals that um, if, you're, if you're an Instagram scroller, you might see sometimes in different hashtags of like dopamine and oxytocin. Um, and another one that's now slipping my mind entirely and probably 10 more uh, <laughs> that it's, it's pleasurable experiences that offer us the opportunity to harness those feel good chemicals. And so eating a peach asking for a certain type of touch, um, smelling a beautiful flower, that all of these things activate these chemicals. And when we activate these chemicals, we resource ourselves, we soothe our nervous systems, we communicate to our bodies that we're in a safe enough and a secure enough space. Um, and that is, that is its own like really powerful work. Also of like repatterning away from some really strong cultural contexts that communicate that we should just, you know, keep calm and carry on, so to speak. Right. Um, where is there a place where this work usually starts? Mm. <laughs> I know that's just like the question I said that I have trouble answering when people are like, what does the session yeah. look like? I'm like, just... I realize <laughs> I I'm throwing thinking. you one of those. <laughs> that was, that was what popped into my mind, but I, I do have an answer. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> I do have you. an answer and there is no answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the there's, no is, there is no answer yeah there's no Got, answer gotcha, gotcha. um <laughs> the work starts wherever it starts yeah um but oftentimes especially again when we're looking at say nervous system work trauma work a welcoming greater pleasure into our lives like one really important place to, to perhaps start is feeling into consent and boundaries and specifically around finding a somatic sense of a yes and a no and a maybe in the body like um, because this. it's when we can really start to honor our desires as well as our limits. That's then when we can start to actually lean into things that are juicier or deeper or edgier or more ecstatic. Um, when we have that felt sense of our own consent and boundaries. I like this because this leads me into another post that I scrolled by that I'm like, Ooh, mm. yes. Need to pick your brain about this. We've covered mm -hmm. it like a little bit on the podcast, but I don't think we've ever had like, a real in-depth conversation about wanting versus willing. Ooh, yes, I love that you're bringing this into the conversation. Good, me too. Ooh. I, I want to talk about this, yes. Yes, yes. Is there anything specifically, like, again, I have an answer off the bat, but for you, Erin, is there anything showing up about curiosity with wanting versus willing? Um, for me, like, a lot of times where I come up against um, having to check in with this about myself and figure out where I land is, uh, with my work actually. So it's like about work boundaries and, mm -hmm. and things like this. And it's, um, thinking about like what influences my, you know, my being either wanting or willing, um, or wherever in between, you know, um, mm -hmm. to take certain types of work, um, mm -hmm. like, and yeah. at what rate, for instance, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, things like length of a session, things like uh, how much labor is this going to 
um, require of me either beforehand or cleanup or things like how is this maybe going to bump up against my emotions and to factor that in like all of all of this stuff with work that's the most common place that I am thinking of like wanting versus willing you know that thing of like okay at that price no I'm you know I'm not really wanting to do that thing but like hey if you're gonna pay this much suddenly I'm like pretty enthusiastically showing up to do this thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean and there are lots Mm -hmm. of other factors that can contribute uh you know from shifting from one into the other that's Mm -hmm. the main thing that does uh typically come up for me but I'm interested also in talking about um you know other types of boundaries and other types of uh parts of your life that this might come up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was such a beautiful illustration of this conversation of wanting and willing as well as feeling into the maybe, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oftentimes, like when we have, so there's like sort of a spectrum of response, like sometimes we might have a hell yes response or a hell no response. Yeah, um, We might have like a, a chill yes or a chill no. But then usually there's this whole nebulous middle ground of like some form of maybe, right? Yeah. And then it's this thing of like, you know, seeking up more information, um, setting limits, um, suggesting alternatives, negotiating details. Um, and then that is then when we sit with that maybe, which is then like another core piece of the work oftentimes when, that I'm exploring with clients is really sitting in the maybe and, and practicing feeling into all these, these um, factors that you name so clearly, right? Like around, yeah, rate of pay, scheduling, um, like, what, like what's the work and who is it for and all these things. Yeah. Um, when we sit with this maybe and we, we practice getting clear on our maybes, then that is such an important piece of, yes, this conversation around consent and boundaries. And when, when are we feeling willing to do something or not willing to do something? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like socially and, also this might come up uh, for me, like before, say, yes. attending an event. I'm like, well, who's oh, going yeah. to be there? How big is it going to be? Yeah. Are people wearing masks, you know, current climate? Yeah. Um, how long is it? Can I get outside if I need to take a break? Um, mm-hmm. You know, do I know someone else there that I can kind mm-hmm. of latch on and to and anchor myself to if needed? Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, what how what is expected of me um, mm-hmm. while I'm there? Like, do I have to perform? Do I have to show up in a certain way? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. That's also really important that this piece yes it's not just a work thing it's it's also a social thing it's a it's an intra-relational thing like sometimes we have these conversations with ourselves about ourselves it's something that might be showing up in friendships in in intimacies in loverships um with our families there's all these places that the maybe shows up which is why work oftentimes i find my work as a somatic sex educator sometimes we're talking about like bits and like lube and like Mm -hmm. the stuff but oftentimes it's more so these larger whole life realities of like navigating these conversations around how do we advocate for ourselves? How do we identify our needs? How do we work with the, the wanting and the willingness um, and getting clear on the maybe? Um, and so, yeah, like the way that I understand the, uh, the wanting versus willing piece is also a piece where if I want something, if I decide I want to go to the park, it's because I want to do it. It's, it's self-informed. It's for my own joy. Um, and then if I say, ask you, Hey, Aaron, would you like to go with, to the park with me? Then your process is doing the exact things you just illustrated to feel into, do you want to go to the park with me? And that's around your willingness. Like, do you feel willing to join me in my want? Right. And so you right. might ask questions like, okay, like how long, 
um, what's the weather going to be like, you know, what park, uh, what park, you know, like what, what are your expectations for me at the park? Like, what are we going to do at the park? Mm -hmm. And then as I offer you that information, it's a process then of you feeling into if it's a yes or a no, or a maybe, and you might then also offer an alternative saying, I don't want to go to a park, but I'll go to the beach with you. Um, and then I might say, like, I don't want to go to the beach. And then we end up not having a plan in that case, for instance. Right. right. Um, because you've decided park is a no beach feels like a yes. And I'm feeling, though, like it's 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 a park. I want to go to a park. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's this dynamic way in which we come to an agreement together or don't come to agreement together around specifically honoring both like me tracking my want you tracking your willing and us seeing what happens um and for your willing it is something that's very much just seeing like can you can you show up to my want with a full heart can you show up to what i'm looking for or is it something where you'd rather see something different but for me it's really important to make sure i keep attending to the fact that this is my idea to go to the park and am i getting my idea mm -hmm. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 wants to officially announce that they are back open for business, baby, at 1989 Dundas Street, East Mississauga. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA, and they are super excited to tell you about their Sunday night fetish parties. To keep updated on their events, go to at Club M4 events on Instagram, or specifically for their kinky events, go to at Depraved events on Instagram. And of course, head on down to clubm4.com to see what a lifestyle club by swingers for swingers is all about. I'm wondering if we can talk about why that might be harmful, say, if we were going with the exact um, specific scenario. Mm -hmm. What if I knew I didn't want to go to the park, you know, for whatever reason, we can invent some if that helps us illustrate better. You know, I wanted to go to the beach, but I instead say, okay, I'll, well, yeah. you don't want to go to the beach, so I'll go to the park with you then. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to the park with you, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. What time so, do you want yes. me there for? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really important piece, and like that, there's a, some feelings come up uh, coming up in my body around. Um, yeah, like me too. I'm like, I, I didn't even like saying yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. like, oh, that yeah. felt hard. That felt bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, like right now, just I feel interested in us just sitting with that for a, just a, a moment and feeling that truth um, mm. of how we felt when we stepped into that idea. Mm-hmm. And how, for me, I certainly find a lot of relatability in that. There have been so many times where I've shown up to parks that oh I, God, yes. that were no's. And yes, and it sounds like for you as well. Yeah. And can um, we talk about also like, you know, how that might affect both people that happening? If one yeah. is saying, okay, I'll do it. 
knowing they didn't mm-hmm. really want yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it yeah, it's uh, it, there's a huge justice issue for both people involved, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a really strong justice issue for the person who says yes when they mean no. Yeah. And yeah, the, I suspect, like, not to project, but perhaps as many listeners, perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the two of us. <laughs> maybe, but that's fine too. <laughs> um, who, have, who have agreed to go to parks that they didn't want to go to. Yeah. Um, and that oftentimes, and this is a, this is an experience of enduring. Um, this is mm. an experience of resentment building um, and overriding boundaries and consent. Um, and within this, there's, um, there's a whole shape of relationship being built. That's not actually honoring of that person's desire. The person who's saying yes to things that are no. And they're like, what relationship outcome is possible when we're saying yes to things that are no's. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to like offer some tidy answer. Cause it feels like a really personal thing. I like, for me, I can feel relationships in my life. And just feel the truth of that in the past tense. Going, yeah, when I was saying yes to things that were no, I know what the outcome of that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, like, it's my work to then, like, feel into how can I better advocate for my yeses and my maybes and, and feeling into the, the details that you named earlier in our conversation to take care of myself um, in that situation. Because that's all that, like, that's, that's what I can show up with is attending to my own needs and wants and desires and limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm, for me, I, there's situations that I can think of where other folks have agreed to go to parks that they didn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to then also be in relationship in those situations too, where, um, you thought there were all these yeses and actually there were all these no's and that's really hard. And, and how do we, how do we find our way when the other person isn't tracking their yeses and no's? Mm-hmm. How can we perhaps, um, uh, as this person, the second person, mm-hmm. how can we perhaps support the other person mm. to better Ooh, honor? Million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> what are some possible ways? That's a possible ways. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, one thing that I've started as a practice that I find really supportive is saying, and it's also for myself as well, but saying to folks, if I ask, do you want to go to the park with me? Mm-hmm. Then I also say, your no is as sexy as your yes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. 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 And it's a very I small love a thing. No. Yeah. A little, yeah. like yeah. that, yeah. If I could just say for a second, for me Please. in my work, um, you know, I often play with people professionally who I have not played with before, who I do not mm-hmm. know, right? Mm-hmm. So hearing a no, hearing a safe word, hearing, you know, the maybe, the yellow word, you know, mm-hmm. um, is uh, like some people might assume that they, that might irk me or, uh, you know, trouble me in some way or it might be annoying to me. It's, in fact, the complete opposite. It makes me feel more rel- relaxed it makes yeah. me feel because I then can, you know, I'm, I'm coming towards being able to trust that you can advocate for your own mm-hmm. experience, for your own body, for your own pleasure. Right. Yeah. So that I don't have to now be a mind reader, you know, or an interpreter. Yeah, Cause you're not, you're yeah, not. I'm not that. None thing. of us are. Yeah. Even if I want to be, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at in, intuit, intuiting 
people, but like I'm not yeah. a mind reader. That's the reality of the situation. So like anytime yeah. somebody is communicating, even the quote unquote negative things like a no or a yellow or whatever, um, that puts me at ease because I'm like, yeah. okay, great. This person is understanding that um, that's not my job. You know, it's my yeah. job to support them in, in their communicating to me. Um, but that couldn't be my job. Yeah. 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 And that your job is to track your own side of that agreement to mm -hmm. make sure that your no's and your yeses and your maybes are being attended to on your side. Yeah. yeah. I can go forward a little more confidently once I yes. hear a no. I'm like, great. Yes. Okay. Now I can, now I don't have to worry about that basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such an important piece around um, that you've named is this, like when we hear a no, then there's also greater space to feel trust and to deepen into something that's edgier or something that's more exploratory or really at the really at the um, the forefront of what is possible for two people in an agreement yeah. um, when those no's are shared. And so sometimes another practice might be something around naming dynamics and specifically saying in the beginning of a new, say, like park visiting friendship or connection or whatever the thing <laughs> is. I, I love this is. park metaphor is my favorite. <laughs> Keep park using metaphor. it, please. <laughs> um, to say like, hey, you know, um, like it, it, it puts me at ease hearing no's. Uh, it, it helps me feel safer with you when I hear no's. Uh, like it's trust building when I hear no's and, and cheerleading, right? The saying yeah. like, oh, these are things that um, I want to like just offer context around because as like when I'm overriding a no, it's because of those same things of just being concerned, like, oh, someone's going to think that I'm, an, um, uh, I'm this, that, or the other, right? We have a lot of stories around what it means to like say a no. Yeah, and the story like the isn't usually, pleasing yeah, 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 yeah. And so like instead doing the, uh, the work that we can do in our own lives to rewrite that, that narrative and say like, no, like, you know, your no is sexy, it's, it's soothing, it makes me feel closer to you, it helps build trust, uh, it feels like we can play deeper, all these other things. Yeah. Um, and just like naming that to the other person and like offering that, that like just naming that dynamic. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that would be very valuable for a people pleaser. Not that I would know personally or anything. <laughs> I but don't know like, what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no idea. But like that would be so valuable um, to hear as a people yeah. pleaser, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. like right off the bat, somebody be like, tell me no's. Yes, please tell me mm -hmm. no's. That, that makes me mm -hmm. feel just as good as um, whether you're, you know, you saying a yes which mm -hmm. is what you said, like hearing a no is just as sexy as hearing a yes from you. Yeah. 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 And sometimes too, you know, I just want to also offer a fun little thing if it seems interesting for any park visitors out there. Is <laughs> 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 to also actually take some time to, to play with a no. So perhaps it's just saying no to each other a whole bunch or yeah. um, no and yes or uh, yes and no or like, you know, like roughhousing a bit or, or finding a way to feel into that feeling of um, communicating these things that can feel so edgy. Um, and that once we start like just practicing saying no, it just it, it gets it lubed up a bit. Right. Like that yep. no starts to slide a little easier when we give it like bring it into the light of day. And it doesn't always have to be something that's this big process. It can just be playfully saying no to each other a whole bunch in a different, in, in a whole bunch of different ways, for instance. 
Yeah, I love that. Because if you're not used to saying it with your mouth, making that yeah. sound come out yeah. of your uh, your mouth, like that yeah. can seem it's not really... It's up. It's dry. No, it's dry, yeah. baby. <laughs> Which dry. that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Which sex and dryness is another topic I do want to talk about with you. <laughs> yeah, However... <laughs> I'm so here for that. <laughs> However, like, yeah, if you're not used to saying no, then it may be mm. hard to access no when you want to say no. So like, yes. I love this idea of doing a little practice scene yeah I've had clients with me um I love this I've had a client before who you know tells me their safe words um and their safe signals and then she goes okay let's practice yes you know give me your hand so I can do the hand squeeze thing for my safe signal Mm -hmm. um you know you just make a random suggestion like say a sentence of we're gonna do this thing and I'm gonna say no let's practice okay, uh, let's put you, if I can get you kneeling on the bench, bent over, and we're going to hit you with this wind paddle. And she goes, Mm -hmm. no. And I'm like, great, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I've also had another, um, I've had the professional submissive that I work with, Alexis O'Neill. She is like, we're talking about the different things that she could be booked for as a professional submissive, you know, how these sessions might look. Um, And she was like, honestly, I would love if another submissive, another bottom booked me. And we just like said no to each other for an hour. (laughs) Just practice saying no to each other. And that just tickled me, but also uh, struck me as being deeply important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It is deeply important. And it's like, it's, like sexy sounding first of all um and yeah it sounds in this in this world where oftentimes we're just consistently being taught to override our nose it sounds very healing also to really intentionally occupy space and just say no to each other in that space yeah 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 okay since you brought it up (laughs) 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 we are lube lovers here on the Bed Post podcast. Love some lube. We love, love some, some lube. lube. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about lube. We're talking about not only, um, you know, being dry and chafing with the nose, <laughs> but lubing up the nose. So yeah, I love this post that you made on Instagram about sex and dryness. I just want to touch on this for a moment. I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to hear. If they haven't heard it before, maybe if it's been a while since we've said it here on the pod, but let's just touch on this momentarily. Yeah, sex and dry. So first of all, I want to name this thing where before I worked as a somatic sex educator, I was a worker owner at Come As You Are in Toronto for like ten years or something like that. Yeah, we've heard um, of we've heard of it here on the pod. Yes, exactly. It's like somewhere we pods. We've heard of them somewhere in every episode. Every episode somewhere. So, yeah, can't put my finger on it, but yeah. So naming this piece of having had the like the, just a profound joy um, and honor of being involved with Come As You Are for so long, um, I've spent many an hour, many a <laughs> many an hour, many dozens of hours, many hundreds of tens hours, tens of hundreds, yeah, tens, tens of thousands of hours <laughs> talking about lube because you know lube makes everything better. First yep. of all, it's a fact. Um, <laughs> it's a fact. The science, not me, it's just science. Yep. Um, and also more so this piece around sex and dryness that there's a lot of cultural conversations and a lot of stuff that we're swimming in around the fact that like, we're just sort of expected to have bodies that like, yeah, get lubed up and juiced up and engorged and ready to roll. And it just does the thing that you see in a porn and it's like at just the right amount of time and at the right speed and simultaneously is the other body. If there's another body 
and um, this this negation of the just the particularities of our nervous systems, the particularities of our own erotic lives, as well as the particularities of our bodies, like this piece around dryness and the fact that like for a lot of us, there's so many reasons why dryness might show up. It's all super normal. And lube can be a really like oftentimes say when something's feeling erotically tricky or sticky, sometimes it's just adding a little more lube. Right. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's this this lube feels like this unsung hero of joyful erotic play and it also feels like this important piece of sometimes we might fall into these stories of um how our bodies aren't good enough or how our bodies should be more this or less that and sometimes it is this thing of just really looking at the fact that like um it's a value neutral thing to perhaps explore using lube or to perhaps include lube in certain types of play um and at certain times of our life and um and as as opposed to just overriding or, or as opposed to storytelling these these stories that usually come from outside of us like these are other people's stories these stories about um how bodies do or don't behave how bodies do or don't lubricate so yeah, yeah like, i have a lot of feelings about it yeah <laughs> me too i i also have worked in sex shops and yeah been a peddler of lube for many a year um mm -hmm. so right here with you i like how this is both unrelated to what we've been talking about and completely related all of these context cues right yeah. um and how you mentioned the nervous system is drawn into this like yeah. so you know it, it's as you know you can't make your body lubricate um yeah. you know uh just like you can't make yourself stop sweating or <laughs> or yeah. like letting down yeah. milk or menstruating yeah. or like like all of these yeah. things that are are nervous system body things yes. it's it's not yes. something that we can control in that yes. way yeah yes. and, and that perhaps you know looking at the way our nervous system is interacting with everything um you know, might be a good way to come into it, to look at, to yeah. look at it. Yeah. It's, that, those are all like really excellent points and really critical points to hold as we're navigating in our own relationships with the idea of lubrication is that, yeah. Um, sort of like, you know, for so many body functions, right? Like if, um, if, if our bodies are say in a state of being like continually stressed out, maybe we're having a hard time passing bowels, right? Or maybe right. we're having a hard time doing these other body things and lubrication is the same way right like if our if we're consistently stressed out like it, for some of us we might be turned on by that which is so juicy and for some of us we might find that that just that dries the body right up it means that yeah engorgement's not likely um lubrication's not likely and that's just again physiology being physiology this is not a moral or um, values-based conversation all right, so unfortunately, I failed to record the last 10 minutes of our conversation. I'm going to chalk it up to being completely um, enamored with Noah. Yeah, it's his fault. Uh, <laughs> um, it happens. It was a mistake when I went to, you know, download the files, transfer the files over. I realized there were only three instead of four and my heart broke a little bit. So what I want to do is put a little Patreon preview for the remaining uh, time of the hour for all you lovely listeners. But before I do, I want to thank Noah Clusa for a lovely episode. I mean, Meaty didn't even begin to describe it. 
and we just had so much more to say to each other. So I'm going to have him back. Um, I convinced him, I believe, <laughs> to come back and talk uh, on some more great topics because there are just so many. But I do want to give some information where you can find Noah and follow him. So he is on social media at Noah Clusa. And he also has a website, which of course is noahclusa.com. One thing that he uh, wanted to mention in the outro of the episode, which we missed was that he is starting this new uh, line of like t-shirts and tanks and stuff. So I just want to tell you a couple of them. One is a black tank top and it says boundaries cheerleader. Red tank top says there is power in pleasure and it's a hand holding an enjoy uh, wand. We have a black tank top that says pleasure is your birthright. A red one that says erotic comrade. Another one that says moving at the speed of trust. I like that. So, so many great uh, t-shirts here. Again, like Noah is a certified somatic sex educator. He does therapy, does coaching, does body work. Um, He concentrates on healing and enlivening the erotic soul. He is trauma informed and he offers a uh, sliding scale as well. So please follow him at Noah Clusa on Instagram. That's where you'll see all the amazing posts I was talking about. Uh, going through his feed a bit. So if you want to see what I'm talking about in the podcast episode, then it will all be there. And then yes, okay, this Patreon preview, I, um, I've i given you some of the podcast episodes before as a little preview here on the main feed. But this time I wanted to give you something different. Um, on top of podcast episodes on the Patreon, I also do these kind of audio erotica stories. Um, and they're kind of uh, sometimes like have a meditative vibe. Sometimes they're more like soundscapes or ASMR, um, or uh, affirmations. Um, and some are just like audio erotic fiction stories. Either I write them beforehand. Sometimes I just like think of a situation. I I just improvise. I just start talking and then it's scored underneath. So I thought I would give uh, one of those today. So this one is called Overstim. I hope you enjoy it, everyone. Welcome to my dungeon. First things first, I want you to lie down on this leather bench. I'm going to blindfold you and bind your hands above your head and your ankles spread. I want you to breathe deeply. I'll place my hand just below your belly button and ask you to breathe into it. With each breath out, I want you to picture all of your worries stresses, 
struggles melting off of you down into the floor with each breath out I want you to fall deeply into your body and I want you to concentrate on how your body feels from the top of your head all the way down to your toes. Does your scalp feel tight? What about the muscles in your face? With each breath out, I want you to picture these muscles softening, dropping, falling. How is your neck feeling? Your shoulders? Your upper back? I want you to physically feel your shoulders drop. How about your lower back? Your hips, groin, is anything feeling tense? And what can we do to relax it? Continuing down, I want you to think about how your thighs feel your calves, your ankles, feet, and toes. Every muscle in your body dropping, falling, melting into the leather bench beneath you. Good. Now that we're sufficiently inside our bodies and out of our heads, I want you to concentrate on the array of sensations that I am going to bring your way. From the soft, to the sadistic. Because I don't want you to speak during this, I'm going to ask you to open your mouth so I can place a bar gag in between your teeth. And I'll buckle it behind your head. I'll make sure your blindfold is on nice and tight. And just to make sure that we don't see any bits of light coming in and disturbing you, I'll dim the lights as well. 
I just want to hear the sound of your breathing, nice and low and steady for as long as you can manage. First you'll feel a leather gloved hand lightly caressing your skin. From your shoulders to your upper arms, your chest, a hand placed firmly on your sternum, down your stomach and your hips. down your legs, to your feet, where I'll linger a moment to see if you're ticklish. If so, I might indulge this a little bit, tracing one of my gloved fingers all along the sole of your foot. Already I see you squirming against the ankle restraints, and it pleases me. Next I'll grab a leather flogger, and I'll drape the soft leather falls all over your body. You'll feel the light kiss of the soft leather dancing all over your flesh like a tree in the wind. Its branches moving all over you. Next you feel something a little sharp. I've removed the glove from my hand and I'm now tracing my fingernails all over your body. Lightly at first, then with a little more pressure so I can see the temporary marks I'm leaving. It pleases me to mark you. Next, something a little more intense, a nipple clamp, two actually, pulling at your nipples. You can hear a chain dangling in between them, feel the cold metal on your chest. Next you feel suction cups, a couple on your pecs, a few on your stomach, upper thighs, one on your neck, which might leave a circular 
purple hickey. You feel the suction cups tug at your skin and you feel your groin come alive, twitching, muscle straining, almost like there's a suction cup there as well. Next you hear a small crack, electrical, kind of like a crinkling sound. And you feel a small zap on your upper arm. It feels ticklish and like nothing you've ever felt before. I trace the electric wand down your arm, down your stomach, just missing your genitals, but catching the sensitive parts around them with electricity. So many things happening to your body right now from the gag in your mouth to the blindfold across your eyes, the nipple clamps, the suction cups, the e-stim, my nails scratching, sometimes tickling. What if I add a vibrator? A vibrator teasing your genitals from a low rumbly setting to a high intense one. You feel a leather belt restraint around your waist and you feel me tuck the vibrator underneath it vibrating away directly on your groin. I wonder if you'll come for me when I'm not even touching you. Will you come for me like a good little pet while I leave all of these things on your body and pull up a chair and just watch. Come for me, pet. Good job. All righty. 
so I hope you enjoyed that story. Again, thank you to Noah. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I'm definitely going to have him back at some point. For following me, everyone, I am at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That is where I'm the most active. But if you want to go over to Instagram, I'm there too. I'm at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. I have a Patreon, which I mentioned. That is where the story is from. If you liked it and you want to hear more stuff like that, it is patreon.com slash the Bedpost Show. We also have a YouTube page. It is also the Bedpost Show. And I always like to thank Stephanie Copeland, who does all the original music for my podcast stephcopelandmusic.com is where you will find her i hope you enjoyed this one everyone and we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality until then get fucked everybody good bye this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar